I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had through the years with Christians who have questioned their salvation. Well, the great news is today we're going to be looking at a great passage in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, and give you, my friends, the confidence and also the assurance to know that once you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will never abandon you, He will never forsake you. So turn to Galatians chapter 3 and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. So glad once again to be with you guys as we are entering podcast 173 in our continual study here in the book of Galatians. So blessed to be with you guys. Thank you guys for taking the time, whatever you're doing, driving in the car, making food, working out, or even just sitting in your sofa with your Bible open, listening to this. I just pray that this will be a great time where we will draw closer to the Lord as we study this powerful book, Paul's first letter to the Galatians. Now, as always, you guys can go to standstrongministries.org. If you've missed any previous podcast, take advantage of the notes that I put up there. Sometimes an average podcast can take, you know, several days to a week worth of study. And this last one that we just did in podcast 172, The Purpose of the Law, we were looking at verses 19 through 25 of Galatians chapter 3. And yes, you guys, it is a very confusing passage. And quite frankly, when I even go back to the need for faith in verses 15 through 18, the last two podcasts, you know, man, I, you know, probably could have done a better job at trying to figure out some of the, the stuff about Again, things that are annulled, uh, the offspring, looking at the 430 years afterwards, and in context of, you know, Paul talking about with Egypt, coming out of slavery, and then Moses getting the law on Mount Sinai, because then, you know, Paul's going to be referring back to this in Genesis, or excuse me, in Galatians chapter four, and then trying to make sense of the role the law plays without completely tossing it out as though it's not good, because God who is good was the one who is the author of the law. And so in understanding the limitations that the law has clearly does not save us, but Christ came and fulfilled the law so that we can be saved through uh, his atonement by putting our faith and trust in him. And that's what we're going to be talking about now, where finally, um, it's probably going to make a little bit better sense for most of you listening. And so, again, I know it's confusing the last few podcasts, if you've been Bearing with me, I so appreciate your guys' patience because sometimes it could be a, a little bit over all of our heads. Okay, and I'll be honest, as much as of I as I've studied the scriptures for the last, gosh, I don't know, twenty, almost thirty years, you know, going to school, studying this stuff, learning from experts and different backgrounds of, of you know of of, of uh, biblical archaeology or Greek or you know in the text, you know, famous commentaries that are out there. I mean, it's still sometimes you guys can just be, you know, uh, difficult really to to try to understand a lot of what is being mentioned in scripture. And so I just pray that you guys stay with us 
stay with me in this because a lot of times what happens is people is it's not making sense and they can get frustrated. And, and I've been there too. I've been there too. And by the way, there's a great resource if you're like, well, Jay, I do. I mean, it's, it's helpful to get information through this podcast the way that I get it and then go on your website to get some of the notes and that's helpful. But if you also want to, to put together a game plan separate from Stan Strong and the Word Podcast, um, I encourage you guys to go to my website, click on books, and there's a book I wrote with a colleague friend of mine a few years back called Stand Strong in Your Faith. And there's a, there's a total uh, uh, chapter, you know, completely geared towards helping you study the Bible, okay? So we help you put together a game plan. And there are plans I've, I've even put together on version. You can go to version, click on search, punch in Jason Jimenez, and you'll see different, uh, you know, Bible plans that I put together. Now, when I say Bible plans, they're not like the podcast here. Uh, we are actually hoping down the road to where I can start incorporating on my uh, partnership with version that we can start, you know, putting together devotional pieces of books of the Bible. Uh, right now, I just do uh, things regarding books that I've written obviously about the Christian faith or about the Bible. But those are still helpful nonetheless because they're little bite-sized devotion pieces. And so if you've never jumped in to study the Bible and you listen to podcasts, but it's hard for you to sit down and to take notes and to study it, you know, what they call, that's called inductive study is where you go deeper into the text. Um, then I recommend that you take my book and follow some of the advice so that way you won't fail. It's just like when people haven't worked out, they gain a lot of weight and they have bad habits and they think they're going to start going to the gym six days a week for like two hours a day. That's just ridiculous. And they set too much of a high mark. And what you have to do is do incremental steps and you have a greater success. So with that being said, let's now dive into a passage. I think that kind of really brings it home as Paul finishes out his his case here in chapter three. And the title here is the position of the Christian, because this is ultimately what Paul's trying to get at. Now, remember in verse 25, before I read verses 26 through 29, this is where Paul left it, where we were at in our previous podcast. He says, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So again, what he's saying is, you know, after providing reasons why the law doesn't save mankind, exposes sin. That's what it says. You're a lawbreaker. Doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Greek. And what Paul's declaring is that faith only comes by, or excuse me, salvation only comes when you put your faith in Christ and it's only Christ who sets you free, not the law. So you are enslaved to the law because you're, you're like, remember what we, we talked about in the previous podcasts especially the last two of them, podcast 171 and 172, that the law imprisons you. And so when, when Paul's talking about this, this tutor, this guardian, this custodian, you know, when you were not walking in Christ, when you're not free, you were under the curse of the law. But when Paul says in, in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's being free from the law. Not because of what you and I did, but because of what Christ has done for us. And so in Christ, whether you're a Jew or you're a Gentile, you're no longer under the supervision of the law. 
Remember Charles Spurgeon, he says that we have outgrown the law. Isn't that awesome? And through that, we have a cheerful heart because we have been set free. And so now what Paul's going to do is he says, hey, you're free, right? It's, it's now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So you're free for being under the tutelage of the law, imprisoned by the law. Your position Remember, he's saying your position is when you grow up, just like in the Mediterranean culture, when a boy became 13 or 14, depending on the culture, he was no longer in need of a tutor or a guardian, a custodian. Uh, and then a child, especially in the Jewish culture, when you think about it, the elder son, you know, he now arrives to a place where he will receive the inheritance. He has come of age. His responsibility grows. And so he's no longer under somebody watching him as a child. And that's the same way when you and I look at our Christian faith, my friends, we are not being guided by an outside force or source or religion that undermines God. We're no longer under something that enslaves us. We are now Christ's family. We are his children. And that's where now we pick things up. So our position is, as a Christian, is in Christ because the Bible says here in verses 26 through 29, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons. The Greek word is hewos, meaning you are now full-grown children of God through faith. So again, you're no longer under a guardian, i.e. the law. You're no longer under its curse. Verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized, that's the word baptizo, to put or place into Christ, have put on Christ. So not only you guys, and I'll unpack this in a minute, not only as Christians have we been baptized into Christ, but we as Christians also put on Christ. So both in Christ and put on Christ are phrases that Paul uses repeatedly in his writings. So they're very important. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. What a powerful passage. It's beautiful, you guys. Matter of fact, as I'm recording this, we are in a time, my friends, where there's a lot of division, there's a lot of hate, and there are racists out there. There are people who hate certain ethnic groups. There are people out there who hate certain genders. There are people who are out there who hate certain religions or certain cultures. You know, there are people out there who hate a certain type of a color of skin. Okay? And so, yes, we would, any time someone thinks that they, their gender, they themselves, their ethnicity, their nationality is superior to another's, that's a racist. And here's a great passage because it puts in context that we were all equal in the eyes of the Lord. And not only that, but as Christians, we all belong to Christ and he loves us all equally the same. And that doesn't mean that what we do is all equal and that the outcome of what we do for the kingdom is going to be equal. It will vary. But this is a powerful thing because of the position that we have as Christians in Christ, we are equal. There is neither no Jew nor, there, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female. 
And so this is also a great passage that we can unpack you guys in dealing with uh, issues regarding racism and as we fight for racial reconciliation. Now, in verses 23 and 25 in chapter 3, Paul, up to this point, remember, he has been addressing the nation of Israel. And, and, and now what we see here is he transitions from the first person plural, we, like, you know, the nation of Israel, being under the law. He's now turning his focus to the Galatian Christians by referring to you, personalizing it to them. That's, in, that's important. And that's where some of the confusion was coming in the passage of Scripture because Paul is addressing the history of the nation of Israel and the law and its effects and then trying to juggle issues with being under the law and dealing with being under the tutelage, being under the custodianship, if you will, of the law to now talking about freedom in Christ and no longer being under the law. And he's emphasizing this because the Galatians have tasted salvation, you guys, remember? And, and, but they've been turning from it, listening to the Judaizers, listening to false teachers saying, yeah, that's great, you know, Christ, but to really be an authentic follower of Christ, who was a Jew, who was a rabbi, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow the law. And so now Paul's turning the focus on the Galatians Christians, personalizing it to them because they've tasted and they know that God is good that Christ is Savior. And he emphasizes three spiritual benefits of being saved by God's grace through faith. And so one of the things that Paul does immediately, he says, first, he reminds them that you guys have been justified and that you are therefore children of God. Now, a few podcasts ago, a few episodes ago, we talked about justification, being justified by faith. You look at a glimpse of it in Galatians chapter two and also in the beginning of chapter three. And in the Old Testament, you know, God, remember, adopted Israel to be his children. And so Paul is still using that adoption that we see with Israel, with God in the Old Testament. And he's, and he's showing how that is still reflective and true today because in the New Testament, we are in Christ. We are part of his family. Therefore, we are adopted children. Again, that's another phrase that Paul will not only use in Galatians, but he also used that in Romans. So when he says you are sons of God, remember in Jewish literature, the title Sons of God, this was an honorable title. And this was given only to the righteous people of Israel, my friends. So right off the bat, what he's saying is that you're, you're not just a child, but you come from a royal line. Sons of God is a royal title. It's a righteous one. Also, the term that Paul uses for sons signifies a child coming of age and is no longer in need of a guardian reference back in verse 25. So that's why I picked back, you know, when I left off, say, hey, but now it says here in Galatians 3.25, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. And then when he says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons here in verse 26, that term, heos, full grown child, is in reference to what he just said in verse 25. You are no longer in need of a guardian. And he's saying, because through faith, you went from being dead in your sins to being made alive in Christ. You went from being enemies of God to becoming his children. You went from being an orphan to being adopted. That beautiful. That's why this passage, you guys, and if you're struggling with your salvation, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. Matter of fact, you are a son of God. That is an honorable title that God has given you. And being a son of God 
being a daughter of God, being a child of God is saying you've come of age. You're no longer, you don't need to look for something outside of Christ in order to assure yourself or to reassure yourself, if you will, that you're loved by God or that you love him. You put your faith in Christ, he saved you from your sins, you're made alive. You put your faith in Christ, you went from being an enemy to becoming a friend. You put your faith in Christ, you go from being an orphan to being adopted. Hold fast to that truth, my friends. And the next passage in verse 27 continues to make the case because he says, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So what Paul is now saying, and again, he's not talking about water baptism here. When Paul's referring to being baptized into Christ, Paul's intimation, okay, intimation of baptism here, is he saying you've been clothed in Christ. This is a pronouncement, my friends, that you and I, our identification is in Christ. Now, we are, we bear the image of God, but because of sin, sin is marred the image of God. We are born into sin and God cannot fellowship with sin. And so what Christ did is he paid for that. He paid for it. The penalty of sin and death. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says in Romans 6.23. But, but, what did Christ do? He offered up his life. So what he's saying here is for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on a Christ, meaning you guys, your identification is in Christ. You're not just made in his image, but now through Christ, by putting your faith in him, you are clothed in his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So put on Christ, what, God, what Paul's getting at is he's, he's, and this is important because he's giving a depiction of, of literally, okay, taking off old childish garments and putting on what's referred to as a toga. And that's a sign of becoming an adult citizen. So not only when, when a child would come of age, would, would, uh, they change their clothes, but their title oftentimes. And that's what Paul's saying. So when you're no longer under, you know, under the law and you put your faith and trust in Christ, you've come of age. You are now a full-grown child. You have put on your toga. So as a Christian, you've put on Christ, his righteousness, and you identify in him. Your identity is in him. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says, so the Galatian believers had laid aside the old garments of the law and had put on Christ's robe of righteousness, which grants full acceptance before God. Isn't that awesome? Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Let me just read you what Paul said. I'm going to give you, matter of fact, three passages of scripture that reinforces Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Philippians 3. I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, 
that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Colossians 3, verse 1, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So you guys, that is the power that, that comes by putting on Christ. And so rest assured that when you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you put, you're in him and you put him on. And so it's no longer you or me who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And as Paul said in Philippians 3, the worth of knowing Christ far exceeds anything in the world. Matter of fact, you refer to it as rubbish that he may gain Christ. So the, the more we reject the world and the desires of the world, the more, and we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not make provision in the flesh. We will not gratify ourselves in sinfulness, but rather live a life of sinlessness because we're becoming more like Christ. And so here in verse 38, or excuse me, in verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male or female, for all, notice, for you are all one in Christ. So here's the second benefit of God's grace. You say, well, Jay, what was the first one? I forgot the first one. Well, let me remind you, the first benefit, the three spiritual benefits that Paul talks about in this passage, the first one was in verse 26, that we have been justified and therefore are children of God. And so now the second spiritual benefit that we have is of God's grace that we become one family. We don't represent many families ultimately in God's kingdom. We represent one family. There's one heavenly father. There's one faith. There's one baptism in Ephesians chapter four tells us. Now, what's interesting is that in Paul's time, there were distinct social and gender classes and barriers between ethnic groups and religious systems. You think it's very diverse today, you guys. It was probably worse back in Paul's day than now. But what Paul was doing, though, is even in the midst of all of these, not just in diversity, because diversity is good, but there, there were distinct social and gender classes. And, and as a result, there were barriers between these different groups, these ethnic groups, these different religious systems. So what Paul's saying, you guys, and making a statement here in verse 38, there's neither Jew nor Greek. What he's saying is when it comes to being in Christ, there's no spiritual inequality as God's children. There is in the world, and there will always be that. And the amazing thing is, you guys, we serve a Savior who we're told in Colossians 2 and also in Ephesians 2 that he has broken down these divisions. And he's united his followers as one. I love what the New King James uh, Bible says, the study Bible says, quote, racial, social, and gender distinctions that so easily divide in no way hinder a person from coming to Christ in order to receive his mercy. All people equally came, become God's heirs and recipients of his eternal promises. Paul writes in Colossians 3 verse 11, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all, end quote. Verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So here's the third and final spiritual benefit. 
of God's grace. And that is that we become recipients of Abraham's blessings. So the first thing, the first spiritual benefit that we receive that Paul's talking about is that we've been justified. We are children of God. That we've been adopted. We're no longer orphans. The second spiritual benefit that comes with God's grace is that you and I are family. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you and I have never met, and sadly for you, you're tortured by my voice every week if you listen to the podcast, but I appreciate and love you. But even if we've never met as followers of Jesus Christ, we're we are family. And we will spend eternity, my friends, as brothers and sisters in Christ in heaven. And I can't wait for that. To leave this sinful world and to be united with our Savior together as one family. And the final benefit of God's grace we see is we become recipients of Abraham's blessings. Now, let me just say this. To all my uh, covenant theology friends, I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that this particular passage where he says that you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise, that this takes away from many of the unfulfilled promises, okay, they have yet to happen with Israel receiving the entirety of the land that God promised Abram back in Genesis 17 or the seed blessing that were that is to come. And so I'm not saying here that when we benefit through God's grace that we are recipients now of Abraham's blessings, we don't replace the Jewish people. Notice what he's even saying here. He's still recognizing the distinction between Jews and Greeks. And that is still the case today. There's unfinished business with God's chosen people. And we know ultimately in Ephesians 1.4 that God has chose us before the foundation of the world. And so, Jew, so Jews, they saw themselves, remember, as Abraham's children. And as such, they had rights to the covenantal promises and blessings given to Abraham. And so likewise, what Paul's saying in similar fashion, he's saying, hey, let me apply that same concept and truth of being Abraham's offspring as, again, he's a Jew, a, uh, Paul. And so ultimately he comes from the seed of Abraham. He says, but let me apply that same thing spiritually and say that Abraham, who, remember, God accounted his faith as righteousness. And if you have faith in God, like Abraham did, then you are from his seed and you are adopted. You are in Christ and every Christian Therefore, as an heir of the spiritual blessings that are given in Christ Jesus. I love what Paul says going to Ephesians 1 verse 30, or excuse me, Ephesians 1 3. He says, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? That is astounding. We do not know all of what these spiritual blessings are about. We don't. And that's what Paul's telling us. You think, Jewish people right now, he's saying, you think that you guys are going to be blessed, that you guys are recipients because you come from the seed of Abraham and you'll receive land and all the blessings and promises that God had told our people. You think that that's it? And he's reminding the Galatians as we're reminded today you know Christ, your position in Christ, you're adopted as one of his children for all eternity, you will receive spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that will blow your mind for all eternity. I cannot wait. 
And I pray that that speaks to you guys because at this point of clarification, being a seed of Abraham doesn't mean that Gentiles receive every physical blessing promised to the 12 tribes of Israel. So when you and I look at eschatology, when you look at future events, when you look at the last days, God will restore and reunite his people, the Jewish people, the 12 tribes. You see that in the book of Revelation during the tribulation period. And they will repent of their sins and they will recognize Christ as, as Messiah. They reject him the first time, but at this period of time, they're going to receive him. And they will enter the promises that were full, foretold uh, to their ancestors thousands of years ago. So that will happen. But we also have to recognize as the church that as God's children positioned in Christ, we will inherit spiritual blessings in the heavenly places because that will be our dwelling place with the Father. And as I close, I wanted to read to you guys Romans 9, 6, because as God has been faithful to the Jewish people, he sends his son to die for all mankind, whether you're Jew or Greek, Scythian, barbarian, whatever, free, slave, male or female. Christ loves all of us. And as God has been faithful to Israel, he will be faithful to his church because we're told in Romans 9, 6, but it is not as though the word of God has failed for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And so the reminder is, look, I'm not a Jew. Perhaps most of you guys listening are not Jewish. But guess what? That doesn't mean that we don't receive spiritual blessings because in Christ we all do. God loves us. He has something amazing in store for us. And so I pray, my friends, that that would give you perspective. Your position is in Christ. I know a lot of times we have positions on certain things and we like to give our opinion and we like to rattle off facts and boast about things. And to be perfectly honest, you guys, because I want to keep it real here on the podcast with you all, um, it gets annoying. I've done it through my life. You pursue certain things to gain certain recognition and ultimately you lose focus to why you did in the first place. It's not even about the Lord anymore. It's about myself. And then you're around people who are like that and you're just like, Oh my gosh, it's so disgusting and disappointing. And there's just so many people who boast about pointless things. Let's get back as adopted children of God. Our positions in Christ, we lay it all down before him. And just take a moment, you guys, as I conclude this podcast and thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving us every spiritual blessing and the heavenly places. And I cannot wait to enjoy those things with you guys someday. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I pray that I encourage you today. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.